Hey, everybody, Elizabeth here. Before we get into today's episode, I wanted to make sure that you know registration is currently open for our Spring Strong Foundations cohort. Strong Foundations is a five-week strength building program brought to you by me and Morgan Bungers. Coach Morgan Bungers is one of the best, most effective strength training coaches in this country. He has worked with some of the most elite athletes in the world, and now he specializes working with people in their 40s, in their 50s, in their 60s who want everyday strength. And this is not about being able to push your suitcase into the overhead compartment on an airplane. We need to be consistently and effectively strength training if we want to maintain the strength of our immune system. Muscle is a critical part of our immune system. And if we are not actively maintaining our strength, we are losing it as we age. And that means we are losing the strength of our immune system. It's also a significant component of our overall metabolism, especially our carbohydrate metabolism. Muscle mass plays a huge role in energy, in mood, mental health, bone health, so many different things. This is just not optional, but a lot of us don't do it because we aren't sure what to do. We aren't sure what not to do. We aren't sure if we're moving well. We don't know how to accommodate for our physical limitations or our current level of fitness, and that is why you need a coach and you'd be hard-pressed to find one better than Morgan Bungers. Now, here's the thing about fitness programs. I've experienced this. My mom, who's in her 70s, has experienced this, where you buy a fitness program and then you're like, okay, but I I can't do that workout because I'm not fit enough or I don't have enough balance or I don't have that equipment or that hurts my knees or it hurts my back. And then you're sort of just left to figure it out yourself, which means we often don't do anything. The great thing about Strong Foundations is that Morgan and I are part of it every single day and you have an unlimited ability to ask us questions in a group setting or via direct message so that Morgan can help you scale for you, for whatever equipment you have, for the time that you have, for your fitness level, for your body and your physical limitations. Five weeks, there's two different tiers. There's a beginner intermediate tier. There's an intermediate advanced tier. The testimonials that we have received from our previous clients will blow your mind. You can check them out and also register for your spot by going to primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. If you are an alum, if you have been through strong foundations before, I've already emailed you a renewal link with a special renewal rate. So please use that. If you don't see that email, let me know. For the rest of you, primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation. We start on May 13th. So grab your spot now. You will have these workouts for life. Four workouts a week for five weeks, two different tiers. So you've got 40 workouts total. Plus, there is a five-part series on your pelvic floor. That is an incredibly important part of your physical fitness, of your strength, of your core strength, of your overall health, of your ability to maintain functional mobility as you get older. We want you to be a part of this. You will not regret joining the Strong Foundations cohort. It is an incredible community. 
everybody needs to be consistently and effectively strength training. And if you're not, it's probably because you don't know how to make it work for you. And it can be made to work for you. It needs to be made to work for you. Primalpotential.com forward slash strong foundation to register now. Let's get into the episode. This is Primal Potential, and I am your host, Elizabeth Benton. Primal Potential is about you. Your ability to change is not defined by yesterday and doesn't need to wait until tomorrow. Your transformation is now. Let's get started. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Primal Potential podcast. It is a Saturday show, which means Chris Hello. is here. Hi. How are you? I'm good. Didn't mean to jump the gun there, but yeah, a, I, yeah, I did. Yeah, you totally did. It's Saturday. I'm here. That's right. It's, with you. There's no rules on Saturdays. Eh, some rules. Some rules. Except it's, what day is today? Thursday, really, when we're recording this. Right. But that's okay. Yeah. We have a theme to today's question, for the most part. It's like business-ish, money-ish. Business and money. Okay. Which I love because we get a lot of questions about health. We get a lot of questions about mindset. But lately, we've been getting a lot of questions about people who are working to start a business, which I'm super, super passionate about, um, as well as people who want to improve their financial situation, which I'm also incredibly passionate about. So I thought we would just like lump all those questions together and knock them out. But we're also going to give something away. We're going to give, actually, we're going to give two things away today. We're going to give two things away. And one of the things is over $100. Yes. Um, me. We're giving me away. Yeah, he's a, I'm I'm not the one that's over a hundred dollars. Yeah. <laughs> no, seriously though. So I get a lot of questions about um, what supplements I take, and if I had to rank in terms of favorites, this one would be a top three. It's called Mentabiotics. It is a probiotic powder, something that I usually put in a smoothie, but sometimes we'll just mix it with water and Energy Plus, which we talk about a lot. These particular probiotic strains are really powerful for hormones as well as mood. And the research that's been done on this particular product kind of shows how powerful it is for things like vigor, which is kind of think of, I think of vigor as the opposite of burnout. If you've ever felt burnt out, then vigor is the opposite of that, like being fired up, being engaged, um, as well as it helps with things like anxiety and mood regulation, as well as overall hormone balance. So I like talking about this when it comes to probiotics and could do an episode on this all in itself. If I haven't before, I probably have before. A lot of people think about probiotics in terms of digestion and immunity alone. And the reality is, yes, there are a lot of strains that focus on digestion and immunity, but there's a lot of strains that do a lot more than that. So mentabiotics on its own is, I think, like 99 bucks. Right about that. Something like that. Anyway, we're going to give away an entire thing of mentabiotics. And I thought we would also throw in just for good measure, because I'm just feeling generous today, one of our blank primal potential journals. So not the identity journal, but just a blank little thing for you to They're really nice. They're like cute them. journals. They are. They're hardcover. Yeah. They're cute. Little fabric on the cover. It's small nice. enough that you can put in like your handbag or whatever Absolutely. if you're a handbag person. Very handy. Yeah. So that's what we're going to give away. We will announce the winner at the end. As you guys have probably heard us say before, we give something away every single Saturday. doesn't matter where in the world you live. Three ways to enter. Number one, leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts. Number two, leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon. Or number three, post on Facebook or Instagram an episode of this show that you are listening to or loving or something you've learned from the podcast. Make sure to tag me. Otherwise, I won't see it. And 
you could win next week. You and, never know. And finally, Catherine from England emailed me back today. Oh, she did. So she's, she's going to get hers. She was the one who was like, oh, bummer. I can't get it because I don't live in the U.S. Yes, you can. Yeah. And she, she said, oh, if I insist. So I, I insisted multiple times. So excellent. Excellent. We're going to get to mail that out to her. Excellent. All right. Why don't we dive into the questions? All right. Question number one is uh, my wonderful husband wants to start a business. I thoroughly believe in him and his experience. However, I'm pretty terrified about stepping into the unknown. Any ideas on how to get myself in the right frame of mind to adequately support his ambition? First, congratulations to you and your husband. I think anybody going into business just deserves a big hearty pat on the back, high five, way to go, cheerleaders. I've seen this thing on on, on social media everywhere. I think it's so true that we should like throw showers for people who go into business for themselves the way that we throw showers for people having babies because like it's a big thing that needs to be celebrated and supported by the people that you love. And uh, I've talked to a lot of business owners who feel like Sometimes the people they thought would support them the most. Definitely don't. Yeah. So anyway, that's sort of a side note. All right. Seen that. Yeah. Ditto. Um, so pretty terrified about stepping into the unknown. Any ideas on how to get into the right frame of mind to support her husband's ambition? First and most importantly, you got to do it scared. I am six plus years into primal potential, uh, more than that into owning real estate, uh, maybe coming up on two years into network marketing, there's always something to be scared of. Newness is scary. Trying new things, being solely responsible for yourself. It's funny, before I started working for myself, I thought that there was more security in working for somebody else. And over time, I've realized, yeah, not so much. Especially this year. Well, but even in general, when I work for myself, I very much control the outcomes. Certainly takes a ton of effort, takes a huge learning curve, but nobody's going to walk in and fire me one day, you know, right. and that, that sort of shift, shift, shift in my perspective. But at the end of the day, I'm afraid of something in primal, like what if this goes wrong? What if this breaks? What if this doesn't come in constantly? So I would just embrace the fact that fear is part of doing new things, whether new things is starting a business, whether new things is pursuing a new goal, whether new things is a different phase of relationship communicating differently, going to therapy, starting at a new gym, it's totally fine to feel terrified. Do it terrified. It reminds me of what I say a lot about grief, you know, in the last months since our daughter died, that it can ride with me, but it can't drive. So the the fear, the terror can ride with you. It's fine. Expect it as a passenger. If you are on this road of business building, expect it as a passenger, but don't let it drive the decision-making. Okay, so so the first thing is do it scared. One of the mantras that helps me a lot is fear is a liar because I create my results. Every single day I feel worried about something like what if this launch doesn't go well or what if we get criticized because of this or what if this person quits or what if we can't find this? What if we don't get this figured out? I create my results. Your husband creates his results. You can help your husband create his results. So that mantra reminds me that I'm very much in control of things, that my effort, that my hustle, that my um, ingenuity has a huge impact on the results that I get. Then there's a type of question that I use constantly to help me if I feel afraid, to help me if I'm lacking confidence. And it actually came up again this morning, and I'm not surprised by that because I use it a lot, but we are working on 
a very new chapter for Primal. And I had a planning meeting with Susie about it today. And there was one piece of it that I was like, okay, yeah, I feel great about all of this. But like this right here, it feels like a stretch. Like I, I want to be confident in that goal, but I don't feel confident in that goal right now. So I said, what would need to be in place for me to feel more confident if this or this, I would feel a lot better about that number. And then it's usually a multi-step process. So for example, if we had this many people on our email list, I would feel a lot better. Okay, well, then I feel kind of the same way about that many people on our email list. Like We're not there yet. I don't feel really confident in that. Okay, what would need to happen for me to feel confident about our ability to get that many people on our email list. And then maybe it's, okay, we need to develop this new thing that's free that people can get in exchange for their email address. And it has to have like real mass appeal. And okay, what would it make me, what would it take for me to feel confident in that? So you can ask yourself, what would your husband need to have in place for you to feel a little more confident? right? Is it that he needs to have a business plan? Is it that he needs to have a financial plan? Is it that he needs to have a mentor? What is it that you need? Do you need more savings? Do you need to cut back on your spending? What needs to happen in order for you to feel more confident? So those are a few things that I would say if you're, if you're feeling terrified about a new start. Yeah. Um, next question. That was an enthusiastic, like, acknowledgement of like you were just in a daydream over there weren't you no i wasn't in a daydream oh just yeah okay right we're back we're on a podcast i have a mic on <laughs> i gotta get to the next question no, That's I, kind it, of it, it, it gets it's tough sometimes because i don't necessarily have something to throw in and i feel awkward just next question okay. so uh, but but you i bet you do you just don't know necessarily to tap into that because you're not thinking in that way because you started a drone company you started a real estate company. You have made a million shifts. And I'm sure there's a degree of trepidation in, in any kind of shift like that, right? You've been let go from jobs. You've quit jobs. You've started with a new agency, right? I mean, I'm just saying that you've been yeah. in this no, position I, but a you, I mean, you, you round it out so well. It's like, I'm uh, cool. Yeah, well done. Enough said. Okay. <laughs> All right. Moving next on question. to the next question. We are one of three... No. Of the, I know. We're one third of the way through <laughs> our $150,000 debt snowball. Any encouragement or advice for when you're in the middle and chipping away just feels slow? Like so many things right now, always just wanting faster results. Okay. So anybody who's like, debt snowball, what is that? That refers back last episode, we talked about Dave Ramsey's total money makeover. And he refers to starting with your smallest debt and kind of working your way up as like a debt snowball. You know, you start with something small and it rolls a little further. It gets bigger as it goes, just so that everybody's on the same page. All right. So you're a third of the way through. Congrats. That's incredible progress, right? Yes. Like that's super major. Any encouragement or advice for when you're in the middle and chipping away feels so slow? Focus on a, a near-term goal. I've never understood why some people fixate on like the end point. Because let me tell you something. There is no end point in this financial journey. Yeah, you might get to, and I'm sure you will, the place where you have paid off $150,000 in debt. But let me spoil it for you. Then you're going to set a new goal. And you got to get to that. Yeah. And it's going to, you know, then it's, okay, now we need six months in the emergency fund. And that seems far away. And then you're going to get to that. And it's going to be uh, paying off your mortgage, right? Or paying for your kid's college or whatever it is, there's always going to be some new thing. So if your perspective chosen is, 
oh my gosh, this end point feels forever away. You are going to feel like that for the rest of your life. Because there's always going to be something, whether it is, I want to lose weight, I want to start a business, I want to get $10,000 in savings, I want to pay off $150,000. If you are the person who opts to focus on the end goal, you will never be happy because it's not like, oh, I'm here and it's amazing. You might think that, but I'm telling you right now, you will keep moving on to the next thing. I remember thinking that the first time I had a launch that was five figures. You know, the first time that I had a launch that was $10,000, I was going to be over the moon. Look, I've had multiple, multiple, multiple six-figure launches and just move the mark. Like you, you just move the mark. So what I would challenge you to do is focus on a short-term goal. I was always focused on like the next, um, the next debt that I had to pay off, except when we got to ones that were a lot bigger, like a $40,000 student loan that felt like, you know, however many months it was going to take felt forever away. So maybe I'd be like, okay, I want to get it from $43,000 to under 30. You know, I want to get it from uh, under 30. I want to get it to 24.9, that sort of thing. So set smaller goals along the way, but maybe more than that, Find something to enjoy in the journey because I, I have been this person and so I recognize this person and I still struggle with with the tendency to want to be this person all the time that is like, when this happens, then. When the renovation is done, then I'll be happy. When I find another relationship, then I'll be happy. Ouch. When like in like, the past. Let's pretend I'm not right here, I guess. <laughs> you know what I'm saying though? Like <laughs> when I got divorced, like, well, if I'm in a relationship again, then I'll feel more comfortable or whatever it is. If you become a, a when then person, when this, then I'll whatever, you, you miss so much of your life. I mean, not to be like uh, dark, but I guess I am meaning to be dark. You don't know what could happen between now and the next $150,000, right? Something massive could change in your life. Something massive could change in your health. Something massive could change in your family. So really shift your perspective to, I'm psyched that I'm doing this and I'm excited to make progress. What can I enjoy along the way? What can I look forward to along the way? How can I get more out of life? How can I create more fulfillment instead of just living for achievement? And I think that's a really big shift. The other thing is patience. We've talked about this before. Patience is the most underrated growth strategy in the world, right? James Clear said something along those lines. Nobody achieves anything huge without being patient, anything good without being patient. So patience is a skill that we get to build. And it takes time. Everything does, but you don't have to be miserable because of that. You don't have to resent it because of that. So it's all in how you look at the time passing. You can look at the time passing as like, oh my gosh, this is going to take forever. Or you can totally change your perspective and say, this is happening in the background while I'm enjoying my life. Word. Next. That's how it works. Next question. For business tips on on identify the work we shouldn't be doing and should be delegating out so that we can free up our time to spend in areas of greatest impact. Actually, you you see this a lot. It's just with primal. Yeah. So the question. I mean, I yeah, kind of I'm, right I'm, weird. I'm, what, do you have any tips uh, to identify the work we shouldn't be doing? 
the work we should be delegate, delegating so we can free up and, and do things that we're really good at doing. Okay, first identify the things that only you can do, right? The things that only you can do. Only I can record this podcast, right? But then there's a hundred million other things that I'm not the only one that can do. For example, this is one of these things that Susie and I kind of like go back and forth on a lot. And that is after I record a podcast, I drag in the intro, I drag in the outro, I export the file, I tag it in ID3, I upload it to Libsyn, and I'm like, eh, it doesn't take that much time. But like, I shouldn't do that. There was a while when Chris did that, but it wasn't a long while, and I kind of took it back over. But that's something that I should outsource easily, no question about it. That's something that I do not need to do. So differentiate between the things that only you can do and the things that other people could do. Identify what you love doing. There are things that not only I can do, but I really just enjoy doing them. That different. That's different from like what you don't want to give up control of. For example, I don't really want to give up control of social media, but I also don't love it. And I'm not the only person who can do it. So then it's like, well, how can we do this such that it's totally authentic? It's really my voice, but I'm not the one actually executing it, creating the images, writing the captions, uploading it, that sort of stuff. And, And that comes down to like for us, I'll give somebody the podcast. They'll pull quotes, clips, audios from that. So it's still very much my voice, but it's not just my effort. Um, so identify the things that only you can do, identify the things you really, really love doing, identify the things you're afraid to give up to uh, control for, identify the things that you already know you should delegate. And then one thing that's really helpful, and I learned this from Chris Harder, who hosts the mastermind that I'm a part of, um, figure out your estimated hourly rate and then delegate outsource everything that you can get done for less than that. And the reality is that's a ton of stuff because there's a million sites that connect you with overseas admins, (laughs) writers. Seriously, it's super, super valuable. And whereas if you have a virtual assistant who lives in California, you might be paying them $22 an hour. Or more. Yeah, absolutely. If you have a virtual assistant, heck, if they live in Arkansas, they're probably not going to be asking for the same amount of money as somebody who lives in California. Nothing having to do with like the individual, but everything having to do with the cost of living. And the same thing is true if you find somebody in the Philippines. You're going to pay far less per hour just because of the cost of living differences there. So figure out your hourly rate and delegate anything that you can pay somebody to do for less than that. I think that's huge. Like for me, my hourly rate... I can pay somebody to clean our house for less than that. So that's the other thing to consider. It's not just your work tasks. It's also the stuff that you do at home that if I can free myself up to work, I'm making more for my family than if I am washing the floors. Right. So those are a few things to, to consider for that. Yes, very, very Thanks good for tips. sniffing in the mic. I didn't yeah. Yeah. Like that? Yeah. Not. In, oh. Yeah. Well. Well, what? Some things. No. You can't. That's such a. Anyway, move forward. Jeez Louise. Uh, I, I, I paid someone to come blow my nose for me, but unfortunately. I, they, they left make, already? They make more than me. <laughs> 
Our next question is, I want to work my health and wellness network marketing business, but feel like a fraud until I'm doing all the right things and actually get healthy and fit myself. How do I promote wellness without feeling like a hypocrite? So let's focus on the hypocrite part. What would you need to be doing to not feel like a hypocrite? Get really specific there because I think what the person is asking is, how can I do it even though I kind of feel like a hypocrite? And what I want you to think about is, what would I need to be doing to not feel like a hypocrite and focus on doing those things today, right? Because you cannot feel like a hypocrite pretty darn quickly if you just start identifying these things. Most people don't do that because they haven't gotten a lot of clarity and a lot of specificity around what it would take to not feel like a hypocrite. And I don't mean, well, I'd have to lose 100 pounds. Maybe it's I'd consistently be eating well. Okay, well, what does that mean? get very specific there. Then do that thing today. Focus on not feeling like a hypocrite. If you're saying, I really want to get healthy and fit myself, do that. Because if we remove the barrier of you feeling like a hypocrite, I don't want anybody out there going and telling people to do things that they're not doing themselves. So do those things and then boom, problem is solved. Yeah. You can't be a hypocrite if you're doing what you're telling people to do. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not a matter of you need to get to some end point. That's not it at all. It's what is the process? Who would you have to be? What type of person? What kinds of things would you have to do daily to not feel like a hypocrite? Now go do those things today. And then we'll have the same conversation again tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And as people that are working with mental and physical wellness companies ourselves, Mm -hmm. I there's no such thing as perfection to it. I mean, there's not no. an ideal uh, no, body not or an mental end game. position. It's, I'm in this. Yeah. It's, it's one thing to be like, oh, it's so important to take care of your body. And you're having that message on a conversation while you're eating cheese puffs and like delivery pizza or whatever. You're not so, going to be viewed as credible at that point. But if, Even if you're, in your if, own mind. Right. Even in your own mind. So, so you have to get specific about what are the kinds of things I would have to be choosing and doing to no longer feel like a hypocrite do those things. Yes. Thank Abs- you. Absolutely. All right. Um, so next, what one thing do you feel was your best investment for improving your online presence? Blog, hiring someone to do SEO optimization, etc. No, none of those things. Um, okay. So I've never hired anybody to do SEO optimization. I think anything that you can like Google is probably not going to be the right answer. Um, my blog has never been strong. Even when I, first of all, I haven't written on the blog in probably seven months. Uh, and before that, I maybe wrote on it like three times in the previous year. Um, but I don't, you know, despite the fact that Chris teases me about this whenever he gets the chance. <laughs> yeah, like, it's not fair, but I'm I not a blogger. Um, my, my dad thinks she's a blogger because what does is, what is, what is Elizabeth do? Oh, she's a blogger. Yeah. And she's very much not. <laughs> so it's it's really like what was the thing to improve your online presence that has the, the best investment? Consistency. Yeah. Consist- constantly being present. Yeah. I mean, honestly, that's it. If you show up every day and you're not kind of like half-assing it, if you show up and you have a way to help people, it's not just showing up every day to be like, today I had this for breakfast. No, it's not that at all. It's showing up consistently and adding value. If you show up consistently and add value and consistently is not like, I've done it every week for the last, no, it's a, it's a daily thing. And whatever online means to you, wherever that is, but you have to be adding value every day on the internet, whether that is on a podcast or it's on a blog or it's on social media, 
the most valuable thing you can do, the best investment is to show up every day and add value. Show up every day and add value. It's not that you have some cool logo. It's not that you have freaking photo shoots every month. The number of people who have said like, you need like a library of images and so you need to have a photo shoot every month. Look, your pictures are beautiful. They really, really are. I respect the fact that you're keeping photographers in business, but that's not how you grow your business. That's maybe how you make your business look pretty, but there's a ton of people I know a lot of them personally who have beautiful looking businesses that don't make them crap. That's not what I was interested in. I was interested in making an impact. If you make an impact, the income will take care of itself. If you focus on making an impact, the income will take care of itself. Most people don't focus on making an impact. What they they focus focus on the income. They focus on the income, they focus on the image, Mm -hmm. they focus on the tech and the tools and the opinions and the knowledge. I've got the best of the best of the best. Why am I not making money? Or like I need to learn this and I need to learn this and I need to have this tool and I need to have that tool. No, you don't. You need to focus on consistently adding value every single day. And if you do that, I mean, I say this to you in real estate, like if you were committed to adding value every single day clients would come to you and that would take care of itself. But the reality is most people don't want to do that hustle and grind. That hustle and grind pays. That hustle and grind works. That hustle and grind will make you stand out because for the rest of your life, most people won't do it. Truth. Yep. How can a working single mom save money? Don't spend as much. I mean, it's tricky, right? Like there's so many variables here. I don't know. It felt like a trap question. I don't know what, you know, there's so many details that I don't know in terms of your income, in terms of your expenses, right? I think if you are a single mom who wants to have to save money, you should not have cable television. Agreed. You should not have cable television. You should not have Netflix. You should not, like, I understand that, you know, Netflix can be good educational videos for the kids or whatever, but there's free ones on YouTube. Um, So... And this person might not have cable and they might be bare bones. I don't know. But the first place I would start is what are all of the non-essentials, right? Essentials are going to be your rent or your mortgage, your utilities, groceries, that sort of stuff. But the rest of it is non-essential. And I would get rid of all of the non-essentials. Even if that gives you an extra $120 a month, I mean, that's 1200 bucks a year, right? So, so that is significant. I would really, really encourage you to cut the non-essentials. Um, the other thing I would look at is calling all of the essentials and seeing if you can negotiate whatever, whatever. I was actually having this conversation with, um, with Chris the other day about uh, my tenant in, in my investment property in New Hampshire. And I was saying that... Um, I was considering giving them a discount on rent if they would sign an extended lease because I think that, you know, we're going to see some real estate volatility over the next couple of years. So if you rent, then I would say, call your landlord and say, I'm willing to sign an extended lease, you know, to give you that security because no landlord wants to deal with cleaning. No landlord wants to deal with finding a new tenant, all of that kind of stuff, changing the locks, painting, blah, blah, blah. So... I would have that conversation like, hey, if I were willing to sign an 18 or a 24-month lease, would you be willing to reduce my rent by 10%? Like, can we make this a win-win? So that's that's a conversation I would have. If you own, I think this is a great time to refinance. You know, there are lots of banks out there who are who are waiving a lot of the administrative fees and whatnot, um, and you can lock in a lower interest rate. Depending on your mortgage, that can 
be anywhere from, you know, 50, 60, 100 bucks a month to several hundred bucks a month. So that's that's one thing that I would look at. I would also look at, especially as a single mom, going to consignment stores, getting hand-me-downs from friends or family members instead of, because kids grow so fast and the clothes and the shoes and all of that stuff. Instead of buying all that stuff new. Yeah, absolutely. I really think, especially once kids are in that sort of school age and they're growing so freaking fast, there's no reason in the world to pay retail for clothes that they're not going to wear for very long. So whether, even if you're like, well, I don't really have friends or family, there's probably... Over 1,000 Facebook groups. I mean, I'm just guessing, but I would bet that there's far more than 1,000 that are like swap sites for moms. Yeah, swap sites. Yeah, marketplaces. Yeah. People are always trying to get rid of stuff. Absolutely. Especially on the interwebs. So, I mean, there's like small things like that. Meal planning is a huge way because you can make sure that there's not as much grocery waste. But if you combine all of that, you're you're talking a significant amount of extra money every month that you can just just sock away. Um, And then I also think there's the opportunity if you were, even if you don't work right now, now to to make more money whether that is applying for jobs that are reach jobs that you can just like hustle your face off to get somebody to say yes and you make a little bit more money or it is a side hustle that you can do one hour a day after your kids go to bed or before your kids wake up but I think that's that's a lot of um a lot of options yeah absolutely and all very valid options well thank you sir I'm glad I have your your approval on those I, I got your back sis I don't know what the hell that was. Yeah, don't call me sis. That's, That's creepy. Weird. So weird. Next question. <laughs> and I've been significantly awkward. Regarding business, I don't know if it's a fear of success, fear of failure, or fear of rejection, but I'm so paralyzed I can't even start an Instagram account any advice yeah that's total garbage start the Instagram account yeah, today start like it. come on you can tell yourself all day long you can't start the Instagram account but you know full well you absolutely can it doesn't like that's just crazy do it for the gram you can start the Instagram account or you can continue to tell yourself that you can't anybody can do that but if you're talking yourself out of that then then you're stopped so I would honestly be like, I'm doing it today. I mean, you have a Facebook account, right? You've got other social media. Well, and the reality is fear of success, fear of failure, fear of rejection. Great. Let them all come along for you. Yeah. You can start the Instagram account and you can post every day afraid to fail, afraid to succeed, afraid to be rejected. Those feelings, just like I said earlier with grief, just like I said earlier with, with being terrified of the husband starting a business, those feelings can ride with you, but you don't have to let them drive. You get to decide, am I waiting for the stars to align with my feelings? Because here's the deal. If you are the kind of person that says how I feel about things determines what I do, then you cannot be consistent because emotions are always going to fluctuate. There will be days when you're highly motivated, days where you have no motivation at all, days where you're terrified to take action, days where you're super fired up. You have to decide that I do what I do independent of how I feel about it. So honestly, the only answer for you is start the effing Instagram account today. Yeah. A cool little secret. You're going to you're going to succeed or fail whether you do it or not. People are going to love you or they're going to hate you whether you do it or not. Well, that's the thing. Like success in life, failure in life, it's it's happening around you. It's happening right. to you and and you get to create your results. And the bottom line is you will be criticized whether you do it or not. Maybe mm-hmm. criticized for what you wear to the damn grocery store. Somebody's thinking you look like a ragamuffin or somebody's thinking you're overdressed. Something's wrong with my slippers. Nobody's ever thought that I was overdressed, by the way, ever. <laughs> like, it's just never, ever, ever happened. I have never been overdressed anywhere. Um, but, you know, like 
you tell yourself, I can't even start an Instagram account. That's a lie. You absolutely can. Even if you, you just put pet pictures up there. Just do it today. It's not even that. It's not even that. It's just don't tell yourself you can't do it. That's total, absolute garbage, drama, start the damn thing. Whether you tell yourself you can or you tell yourself you can't, you're right. Yeah, so just start the do stupid it. thing. You're, the fear of rejection, the fear of failure, they're going to be with you. You, you. like Because think about it. You're already feeling those things and you haven't done it yet. Yeah, do the damn So you thing. might as well do it and feel those things because you're feeling them and you haven't done anything. Great idea. Your first post can be about how you're apprehensive about doing it. Yeah, it can be anything. Get it out of the way. But just create it. Do it. That's all I got to say about that. What's the last question? Final question. I'd like to know how you got your book published and what that journey was like for you. Hmm. So I actually worked with a couple of traditional publishers first and really just had this uneasy feeling in terms of the amount of control they would have over the content and over like the title and over uh, just the whole entire process. So I so I started down the path of like a traditional publisher that gives you an advance and then gets a kickback on book sales afterwards. But what I really, really wanted was nobody to tell me what to do for my book because it's my name on the cover. So what I ended up doing was writing it fully myself without a publisher. And when the manuscript was done, complete, no final changes, I sent it to a company that basically ushers you through the publication process. So they're not a publisher in that they never get a kickback. I paid them an upfront fee to basically do all the logistical stuff, get it to the printer, have it um, have the pages sort of laid out because mine was just in a Word document, uh, do the layout, do the cover design, set up all the accounts through Amazon and Audible, set up the recording for the audiobook and whatnot. So I paid them once. And then um, basically what that means is I don't pay a publisher for sales of the book. Now, what a lot of people don't understand is that does not mean I get 100% of book sales at all. Amazon oh, no. gets yeah. a cut. Um, Kindle gets a cut. Audible gets a cut. Uh, and they're, they're significant cuts. Uh, so, But when you have a publisher in the mix, you're also paying Amazon or Kindle as well as the book printer, right? Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many people along the way that get a piece of it. Um, but... I didn't need the advance money. I think for for many authors, they sort of don't have other things paying the bills. So they they live off the advance while they're writing. And then they pay off the advance once the book is published. And then it's a while before they see income from, from the book. But I didn't want that set up. So it worked out better for me. And I think with book two, I'll do it the same way that I'll just pay up front for somebody to handle the logistics of page layout, cover design, printing, set up through all of those outlets. And then it basically means I make a little bit more per book. I don't have to pay anything back. I don't get an advance. I don't need an advance or anything like that. Um, and I think that there used to be a time when publishers did a lot of marketing for your book. I think that time is largely gone. Uh, the the friends that I know that have worked with a traditional publisher, they're like, they don't really do much for marketing. And most people are buying their books now online. And with, you know, COVID, who knows when things like physical events like book launches will happen. And you can do book launches events and, and book tours and stuff independent and make a little bit more money. So like right now for this second book, the journey is really, really simple. I write the book, 
And then afterwards, I send the final manuscript to somebody that kind of just takes it through the home stretch of of getting it to where it's saleable. So that's it. Well, of course, but I think if you if you want a book advance, if you want to work with a publisher, if that's like a feather in your cap that you really want to have, I know that's true for a lot of people, get a book agent, get a book deal. Have at her. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I also wanted to say, because, um, not about the book, but just because so many people have questions about business. So probably a few months ago now, and I've mentioned this before on the podcast, I created a PDF on how if I was starting business all over again, what I would do differently. And like, spoiler, I would join a really great network marketing company at the start because of the amount of sales and marketing training, because of the networking, because of um, just so many different sales tools and stuff that I think really would have helped me and supported me and accelerated things. So I'm going to put a link to that PDF. It's free if you're interested, if, if business building is something you're interested in. I'm going to put it in the show notes. If you can't find it in the show notes, just DM me on Instagram or Facebook or whatever, and I'll send it to you. But if I could go back, that is something I would do differently because it would have helped me through a lot of the like early struggles and slow growth and all of those kinds of things. So we have a winner. We do have a winner. And this winner is getting mentabiotics. And a blank Notebook. Hardcover, really nice. primal potential little journal. Yeah, they're yeah. great. And our winner is at Myel Cantara. Spell it. M-Y-A-L-C-A-N-T-A-R-A. Congratulations. All you got to do is email Christopher at primalpotential.com. Tell him that you're the winner for episode 823. And no matter where you are in the world, we'll get you your prizes. Yep. Anywhere. And I hope that those of you who are listening will enter to win because you could win next week. So leave a review of this podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a review of Chasing Cupcakes on Amazon, or post on Facebook or Instagram an episode of the show that you are listening to or a lesson that you've learned from it. Tag me and you could win next week. I look forward to that. I bet you do. I do. All right. I appreciate everyone's questions. Uh, it's a lot of fun getting them. I like talking about business. Yeah. It's fun for me. It's very fun for me. But next week, it'll probably be something altogether different. It very well Any may question be. goes. So hope Almost you guys have an amazing any day. any question goes. I don't think we've ever said we won't answer that. I don't think we have. Well, let's not challenge that. All right. All right. Everybody have a great day. We'll talk to you soon. <laughs> have a good one. Bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Primal Potential Podcast, where our goal is not to help you learn. Our goal is to help you change. This is a year of action. Take something you learned from this episode and put it into action in your life today. To learn more about working more closely with me and the Primal Potential team, please visit primalpotential.com forward slash transform.